Welcome. I invite you to listen in on my daily personal reflections as I follow the Robert Murray McShane Bible Reading Plan. You can find this plan on, for instance, BiblePlans.org. I'm recording these reflections, or daily devotions, to provide one example of how one individual reflects upon and reacts to Scripture. My hope is that in listening in on my personal reflections, you, the listener, will be encouraged in the development of your own daily Scripture reading habits and begin to hear, to hear the Spirit speaking to you through the Scripture. These reflections are not examples of deep exegesis and interpretation. For that, you can listen to my Slow Walk Through Revelation series or other podcasts that I produce. Rather, I'm inviting you to listen in on how my spirit responds to the scriptures and the Holy Spirit as he speaks to me through this daily habit. Feel free to join me twice daily as I divide the McShane family reading into morning and evening reflections. The secret readings I keep to myself. Also, feel free to simply listen to the scripture reading and spend time with the Spirit and the text to form your own habit of listening to the Spirit in the text. This evening's readings are Psalms 142 and 143 as I follow the Robert Murray McShane Bible reading plan. Psalm 142 from the ESV or English Standard Version. A masculine of David when he was in the cave, a prayer. With my voice I cry out to the Lord, with my voice I plead for mercy to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before him, I tell my trouble before him. When my spirit faints within me, you know my way. In the path where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see, there is none who takes notice of me. No refuge remains to me, no one cares for my soul. I cry to you, O Lord, I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison, that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me, for you will deal bountifully with me. Psalm 143, a Psalm of David. Hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my pleas for mercy. In your faithfulness answer me, in your righteousness. Enter not into judgment with your servant, for no one living is righteous before you. For the enemy has pursued my soul, he has crushed my life to the ground, he has made me sit in darkness like those long dead. Therefore my spirit faints within me, my heart within me is appalled. I remember the days of old, I meditate on all that you have done, I ponder the work of your hands, I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, O Lord. My spirit fails. Hide not your face from me, lest I be like those who go down to the pit. Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for in you I trust. Make me know the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. 
Deliver me from my enemies, O Lord. I have fled to you for refuge. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. For your name's sake, O Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness bring my soul out of trouble, and in your steadfast love you will cut off my enemies, and you will destroy all the adversaries of my soul, for I am your servant. Today, as I was reading Psalms 142 and 143, there were a couple things that really stood out to me. I'm going to jump around those texts, uh, but I want to start with Psalm 143, verse 5. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the work of your hands. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. So I was drawn to this because I remember the days of old I meditate on all that you have done I ponder the work of your hands that is basically uh, the the impetus the the idea of regular scripture reading and and gathering in uh, worship is that we're hearing the stories of what God has done in the past over and over again and how he has uh, interacted with people and that's a lot of what it is it's like you get to know god's character you get to know the kinds of things he does and that should shape your imagination to see where god is working today where where you can expect him to be so that you can follow along um, but it also gives you hope like in the psalm the psalms today that uh you know we are given this permission to cry out to God and express the deep things in our heart if all we had were these like his history stories um, we wouldn't get that uh, vision like it would be a surface level understanding of a human being uh, Eugene Peterson's answering God is an excellent uh, book that kind of draws you into uh, the Psalms the subtitles of Psalms a tool for prayer and he talks about these different ways in which the Psalms uh, teach us to pray. And one of the things we can do is cry out to God. But we, who is this God that we're crying out to? Well, we look at how this God has interacted with us in the past. It's not that different from maybe, uh, in a sense, you know, a family reunion or a family gathering where you begin in almost inevitably... Uh, if you have any sort of positive relationship with one another, uh, telling stories, uh, uh, favorite stories of different people. And, and those stories reveal the people's character. I know in my own family, uh, one of the people that we always enjoy talking about is my grandmother. And really, in part, we tell those stories because uh, for all of us, there's some way in which we would like to be like her. And so we keep these stories alive and we want to keep her remembered. Well, that's a lot of what scripture is. It's Israel's family story. And in Christ, we're drawn into that family. And so we look at these stories over and over again. And that with uh, verse six, I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Again, uh, a 
use the analogy of my grandmother. It's like you, once you know somebody, um, you you long for them. And I mean, and human beings, it's it's a different way. But you, we tell those stories because, in a sense, we long for them. The more you get to know God, the more you long for Him, and. Scripture is one of those ways in which that happens. The other, other way is engaging in in worship, which leads me to something else that uh, kind of popped into my head as as I'm reading kind of these psalms in in general. But that David is just crying out. I'm going to see when my spirit faints within me. You know my way and the path where I walk. They have hidden a trap for me. He's just, he's on his own. He feels trapped. Um, I'm just looking for a particular, I cry to you, O Lord. I, Lord, I say you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me, for you will deal bountifully with me. Uh, there, there's something else, too, a little later. That these I'll connect these up. Uh, I'm not finding it right now, but when he says to the Lord, like, don't, <laughs> basically don't come at me um, as as the judge because I know that I'm already won't be righteous in your in your sight but in your righteousness bring my soul out of trouble and so one of the things that, that I see in the Psalms um, especially Psalms like these where that someone can cry out to God in the depths of their soul uh, lay themselves bare uh, and be broken before God that is part of prayer um, there's nothing you can reveal about yourself to God that is going to make God love you any less because if if you have the orthodox understanding of God he already knows uh, he, he knows that the depth of your despair he know knows the the depth of your misrelationship to him or um, in theological terms the depth of your sin even more than you do so you can't you can't you're not hiding it from him you're only kind of hiding it from yourself uh, so you cry out to God in the midst of that uh, but one of the things that kind of stirred some sadness in me is how many uh, congregations, uh, communities of Christians don't seem to under understand that, and they there's so many churches that want this um, veneer of righteousness, this veneer of everything's going well. Um, everything's fine behind the white picket fence but 
and they don't give space for the brokenness of people. Uh, they don't give room for lament, for crying out. Uh, people don't feel free not only not to cry out to God in this way, but they, they don't feel free to tell one another of, of their uh, deep pain. And I'm not suggesting that you should be telling everybody in your community about it, but there should be a space for that and there should be people that you can trust uh, in order to be able to cry out in your pain um, after my son Corbin passed away, you know, I was in our serv services and because uh, Corbin and I would hold hands in worship, uh, I was just in tears for months in worship uh, after he passed away. But that was part of my worship. I could be in the community I'm currently in. Uh, I felt that I could be uh, vulnerable and open in my grief and my pain and uh, be crying out to God but there's so many communities where you you people feel that they have to hide their struggles and so they can't seek they can't seek help they can't even just acknowledge it and I and I think if if churches really paid attention to the kind of God we have and the permission that we have in our prayer and and incorporated that into our worship you know just that that freedom and that sense of not being alone because that's the great irony is you're in a room full of people who are all hiding some kind of pain I remember uh, one of my sons asking me when we were watching one of the, uh, yet another movie about the person, like the, the kid who feels that they don't fit in and are weak and vulnerable. Um, or I think in my son's term, like, why is it always like the, the star of the movie is the loser? And my response was, is because unless you're a narcissist at some point in your life that's how everybody feels <laughs> and so they tell that story because that's that's everybody um and when you're watching a movie you can you can relate you can't always relate to the bully and the person who's got everything together that's usually the uh, either the ideal or the enemy or you find out some point in the movie that that person doesn't have all their stuff together so why in a place in a in worship before god when we are supposed to be so mo so transparent why do we insist on presenting a veneer of having everything together and and before God and before our fellow Christians and then making those people who know they don't have everything together and and have difficulty hiding it because they're in so much pain make them feel like they're on the outs when really by their own knowledge of their deep despair and pain they are in that moment 
closer to truthful prayer and closer to to God. I mean, we have a vulnerable God, a, a God who is crucified. That was a real struggle for early, some of the early Greek Christians. No, no, no. If God is, if Christ is God, then he certainly could not suffer. Well, he did suffer and he even bears his wounds in the resurrection. So uh, that's, I think I could go on, but that's my responses and reflections on this today. Um, so three kind of takeaways. You, you engage in uh, this act of storytelling and reading and, and worship to remind yourself and recall who God is and what he's already done to help you see where he's going to act in your life and um, to look for him. Uh, that uh, the other thing is that you have permission and example after example, even Jesus himself crying out in his pain to God, that is prayer. It's not just petition and asking for things. Um, it's not only praise, but it's being transparent, bearing your soul out to God. And the third thing that I would kind of take away today um, from this reflection for me is creating that loving, hospitable family environment in our congregations that that doesn't hide our pain and our aloneness and our vulnerability but tells people that that is okay and can even be part of worship and part of our healing as well so uh, perhaps more vulnerability from the front perhaps more intentional times of of lament um, beyond uh, a funeral service uh, so those are the the takeaways so thank you for joining me for my evening personal reflection and uh, I hope that in some ways this is encouraging and I hope that it encourages you to uh, engage with scripture on a personal level. Thank you for joining me for this evening's personal reflection as I follow through Robert Murray McShane's Bible reading plan, which can be found on, uh, for instance, BiblePlans.org. If you have found this helpful, encouraging, uh, have you found it a, a way to begin to form your own habit of daily Bible reading and to give you an idea of the just one person's way of reflecting on Scripture, then don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. Uh, the readings and reflections will be posted twice daily, a morning and an evening. The morning probably around 8 o'clock and the evening uh, I'll try to post for around 5 o'clock. But, you know, find that space and time, whether it's while you're driving uh, to work or riding the bus or uh, for me, a lot of what I do is while I'm walking the dogs. And, uh, yeah, just try to form your own 
daily habit and daily practice. So I hope you find this helpful. Uh, again, subscribe and select notifications so that you're informed of future podcasts.